Hey everybody, I'm coming to you live from Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Uh, you know, today's going to be a very difficult stream. Uh, this is close to my heart, being a resident here and knowing a lot of people involved in everything that's happening right now. Uh, but I think we need to get to the truth of this shooting that just happened here in Nashville at Covenant School and the truth about the trans killer. So I'm going to take us from beginning to end, everything we know all the facts. And I want to start with the fact that, you know, yesterday uh, we were a little bit ahead of the press in terms of the fact that this was going to be a transgender shooter, which I'll get into in a little bit here. It has to do with 911 calls and what the first sign was that something was different about the shooting. But let me start with this. Before we go anywhere, I just want everybody to look at these names. These are the names that I feel like all of us really should have in our hearts today. Evelyn, Hallie, William, Cynthia, Catherine, and Mike. These were the victims of the trans shooter yesterday here in Nashville. And, you know, our hearts go out to them, to their families and their loved ones, because this is just a tragedy that was preventable, is a tragedy that they're going to live with for the rest of their lives. And, you know, if it doesn't make you angry seeing this sweet little girl, this is Hallie. And that's her dad, uh, Chad. He's the lead pastor at Covenant. And uh, she was younger in this picture. She was nine when she was taken from her family yesterday by this deranged killer. And I keep looking at this picture. Ever since it happened, I just, I keep going back to that photo. You know, I've got three kids and two of them are girls. And every time I look in that little girl's eyes, I see my kids and you have to ask yourself, you know, what if, and that's, that's happening in a lot of places here in middle Tennessee right now is that question from parents of what if, and that's especially so when we have reports from chief Drake, Metro Nashville police department chief saying that she was actually targeting another location first, but found that the security was too good on a sweep. And so we have to ask ourselves, especially parents who have kids in schools that have good security, was she targeting our kids? Was she targeting the school our kids go to? How many places does she want to do this to? Was she working with anybody? Is she a lone wolf? What is the deal here exactly? And we're going to delve into everything we know so that I know a lot of locals follow me and I want to give people information they may not have. And hopefully that can bring, you know, a little more comfort with the knowledge. I know it's hard to feel comfortable in any way right now with what's gone on, but I think we can have some important conversations first. I do want to talk about this before I get into this. I generally have a rule of not wanting to talk about the actual shooter of these insane crimes. Um, I feel it's important to in this case because this is an emerging threat. It's something that per capita in this community is happening at a higher rate than any other community in terms of now going after doing these mass shootings. And so I feel it's important to cover the actual problem and how we got here. And so that's why I'm making an exception to do this. If anybody doesn't want to see her photos, anybody doesn't want to hear about her, this may be a good time to tune out, fast forward, watch it later. It will be on my pages. You'll be able to see it, but we're going to delve into to everything we know. So this right here is our deranged killer. Okay. So Audrey Hale, this is her when she was presenting as a girl. Some people have been um, confused about this and they've wondered, you know, is she a girl? Is she a boy? What's going on here? Because there's a lot of bad reporting. And here's the case. 
she was born a girl. Okay. She is a girl. She died a very mentally ill young woman. And I would say monster. Um, but she was confused. She, she had gender dysphoria. She thought she was a boy and had begun the process of transitioning into a boy. We'll get more into that in a little bit here. Um, this is her. I think everybody's seen this photo. This is her after this process of transitioning as deep as she was into it. This is about as deep as she got. And that'll become more relevant in a little while as well. But I want to point something out. Among all this tragedy, this is what we're seeing from the main media right now. Blame from celebrities and media outlets going toward Republicans and blaming people like me who helped get the law passed that banned children from getting sex changes in the state of Tennessee. They've got to wait till they're an adult. It's a very simple common sense rule. So you've got this guy literally plays Olaf in the Frozen movies saying that this is Republicans fault. Then you've got this deranged person who, by the way, Eli Ehrlich, is their name. And this person actually sends the hormone treatments to states where it is banned for children to have hormones and the federal government refuses to arrest him for it. Okay. Um, I honestly, this is one of those cases. I don't know if they're a man or a woman. I, I, I don't know. I think they're a man trying to be a woman. I'm not positive. Um, but they're also blaming the radical religious schools for this. And as we delve deeper here, this is another photo, um, this sort of mid-transition. You might be asking yourself, what's with the Audrey name if she is identifying as a boy? So here's, here's the deal, and we're going to be able to pull this up um, in a minute here. But you can see here very clearly on the LinkedIn page that has been scrubbed, um, she had pronouns up on her page saying he, him, okay? Um, but when you get deeper into this, you look at what MNPD found essentially um, Audrey was also going by Aiden, but it depended on where she was. So it says, uh, Audrey Hale, the Nashville school shooter was reportedly in conflict with her religious family over her sexuality and gender identity. Hale went by the name Aiden and preferred he, him pronouns as if any of us cared. identified as gay and transgender. Uh, however, her parents, Norma and Ronald, who were devout Christians and church coordinators could not come to terms with their identity. They, uh, essentially had the rule. Hey, if you're in our house, you can't do this. That's very clear. Um, they have spoken to the father and mother. They searched the home, found more weapons. They found maps pertaining to the thinking about some other incidents. So we do know this. This is new information. She was thinking about targeting a mall and other locations as well, on top of the first initial idea that she would go after something else. But you can see here, religion is definitely at the core of this, along with their trans identity. So they're angry at Christians, um, and that seems very clear. You know, as you go further into this, um, you see talk of the manifesto, which we're going to get to in a moment. But I first um, want to dive into this. This right here, Nashville police chief says the killer looked at targeting another site, but settled on the school because the other site had too much security. That's the quote, okay? Everybody needs to pay attention here. There's going to be all these fights about gun control. There always is after a mass shooting. Left uses it to fundraise. Ultimately, the right has to defend themselves and actually put the stats out there about guns, of which I'll give you one right now, which is that per capita with mass shootings, you can see here, Delaware actually has the most mass shootings per capita. Delaware has all the gun control laws. 
And Louisiana Democrat governor, Illinois, run entirely by Democrats, just like Delaware, is number three on per capita basis for mass shootings. Now, if you go to raw numbers, the highest number in raw numbers of mass shootings actually is um, the California. What a shocker. And they have been for a decade. Okay. Again, a Democrat state run entirely by them with every gun control law you could possibly imagine. And yet we're in this situation. Now, I'm going to pull up some other stuff here. We've got uh, the Nashville shooter had planned attacks on multiple locations. So let's just back up for what I said earlier. Um, here we go. So this is the manifesto. I want to talk about the manifesto. Here's the latest reporting. And this is as of about 10 minutes before I went on. LGBTQ groups told Newsweek that the publishing of the manifesto from the perpetrator of Monday school shooting could have, quote, serious consequences. And Nashville police said they will not make the manifesto public during an open investigation. This is the first mistake that Nashville police have made, because to be perfectly honest, what we're about to see, because I'm going to show you videos of everything, including the shooter's entry to the school, how she was killed by police and everything else. The one mistake police have made throughout this entire thing, and there is only one, is the choice not to release the manifesto. And I feel that that's very important no matter what's in it, because this is a very critical moment in terms of where we're at in America and the rise in extremism within certain elements of the radical trans movement. I think it's very important that America sees what's in there and understands what is behind this and just how radicalized they can be. Um, so if we jump in here real quick, if we will, this is her car. Okay. So this is the car that if anybody out there is wondering, was it my kid's school? You can send this to your school security and ask them to look at the tapes to see if they could identify a Honda fit in this color with a thrasher sticker, which will be the most identifiable sticker. There are other stickers on the car, but you could have your school security check that out. Now here's where things get a little interesting. On the day of the shooting yesterday, um, a source reached out to me who is working on the investigation. And I was given access to see what was going on with people calling in to, to what they'd called in to the police. Okay. And one weird thing struck my source. Every single person had said it was a man. And I was sort of curious about that. Why would they say it's a man? Because reporting had just started to come in that it was a teenage girl. And so I immediately reached out to a few friends of mine and I said, I think this is going to turn out to be a case of a trans person because every single caller referred to it as a man in camo. And so we find out why. She was presenting as a man. She had camo pants on. And this is why those reports were made. So just give a little background on the attack as well. So this is the front of the school. You see that second story up there. The shooter actually was shooting at police from that window and firing on them as they came in. Okay. So this is one of the police cars she was shooting at. Those are bullet holes in it. You can see that. And I want to take a moment to really honor Michael Colazzo. Okay. He's one of the two police officers who, who extinguished the threat here at this school. Brave, heroic. When you see the videos of what these guys did, I mean, it's just textbook. And then the next one is Rex Engelbert. Okay. Rex actually is the one who took out the shooter a hundred percent. Michael came in just after was in the room, but was second sort of in line of shooting after the, the gun woman was on the ground. But Rex, I mean, could not have been more calm, cool, collected, 
and he extinguished the threat with just two shots and it was everything you want from police and more i mean it was it was just everything you could ask for which should very much concern people and we're going to go over that in a second why would it be concerning that everything was perfect you're going to see why now i want to dive into this there was a warning before okay so i don't know if you all can read this but essentially this is about a friend of Audrey. Okay. So a friend of Audrey's actually reached out yesterday at 10 13 AM to make the police aware that she was sent an Instagram message that essentially Audrey was threatening to number one, commit suicide. But secondly, that, um, you know, there would be a big story. You're going to see me in the news. It's sort of intimating that she was going to go do something crazy. And she was instructed by 911 to call the non-emergency line which had her on hold for seven minutes before speaking with her and never sent an officer until 3.30 that day, well after the shooting. So that was a mistake um, I think that we can fix here and make sure that any sort of threat like this is dealt with much more quickly in terms of any call like this. I don't know that it would have made, made a difference in this case strictly because of the time lapse between when she got the message, when she called, and when the crime occurred. I think that, you know, we could, though, in the future, make sure that this is tighter and that we investigate these things a lot more quickly, especially when it's a mentally disturbed person with access to, to weapons. Um, now, when you jump to this, this is the bedroom of the girl. So you can see there's a trans flag there, socialist flag in her bedroom. Um, I think that these get you sort of to a very quick understanding of the ideology behind this attack and her belief systems. Okay. But now we're going to, we're going to dive into something totally different here for a second, before we get into showing the videos of the shooting and everything else, I want to talk about the ideology. Okay. And the increasing threat from this ideology, where are they getting the idea that they're in some mortal crisis or in the midst of a genocide? And I want to show you. So I want everybody to recognize this shooting happened during trans week of visibility and action. Okay. And you can read from this language, if you need to pause and read it, you can see this is sort of boilerplate starting language for the beginning of e extremism, okay? Because starting to sell the idea that trans youth are under attack, okay? They're under attack and you need to mass mobilize in defense of trans lives. That's the quote of what it says. And so what does that produce? That produces activists online who do things like this. They post, Tennessee legislature gives trans youth one year to detransition. The state will also ban drag performances in places where minors are present. And they say, this is a genocide. I just, back up for a second. I wanna explain the laws we got passed very clearly. One is that you have to wait till you're 18 to get a sex change, okay, period. 18 years old, once you're 18, you wanna get hormones, you wanna get blockers, you wanna get surgery. It becomes an adult's choice. The state's not getting in the middle of that. Of that. What the state is getting in the middle of is stopping children from getting sex change surgeries, hormones, and puberty blockers because there are lifelong consequences that a child cannot comprehend nor consent to, okay? The second law is simply saying that children cannot be at drag shows because they are adult performances. That's it, okay? You still wanna have drag shows for adults? That's your right in America, you can go do that. I disagree with it, but it's, it's your right. You can go do what you want, okay? Um, but that's what they call a, quote, genocide. When you hear this language over and over again, and people start to believe it, you produce a lot of dangerous things. And you're going to see some of that here. 
So here's some of the other things that trans activists are posting online. This is an image. It's kind of hard to see here, but if you zoom in, you'll be able to see it. This is actually supposed to be a trans person. They're holding a gun and it says in it, nobody is coming to save us. Siblings, it's time uh, to get your weapons, okay? Now this, this is another example, a trans day of vengeance, okay? Which is coming this week. They actually have what's called a trans day of vengeance. I don't think I need to explain this to people. I think you understand the rhetoric being used here is incredibly dangerous, far beyond anything being used, you know, in their direction at all. Okay. Now, these are the types of images that are becoming popular in the trans community. And it's posting photos of yourself with guns, essentially with the threat, like, you know, try us and, and you'll find out type of thing. Okay. And, but this one goes even further. It openly calls for killing Christians, calling, uh, you know, I mean, you can read it. It's disgusting language, but you can see this is an attack on Christians and this is normal in this community now. And then you see this, not just his trans day of vengeance this week, but according to this person who posts this stuff, they say every day is trans day of vengeance. And it's a trans person's hands holding a weapon. Okay. Then you see these shirts, very popular on, on the left right now, trans rights or else. Okay. This photo was literally taken yesterday. Okay. This was taken yesterday. So I want you to let that sink in. The or else should be self-explanatory. I think everybody knows what they're saying. In terms of increasing radicalization, you can also see the Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary, Denver shooter identified as trans, Aberdeen shooter, trans, Nashville shooter, also trans. And this is the type of stuff going on in our schools right now. It's not only that they're radicalized online, but a lot of these folks are going into schools and radicalizing children. You've seen my previous episodes, you know, I've shown many examples of this, but in this case, you can see this elementary school um, is offering gender resource fairs for the kids there, okay? And the event will include a drag queen story hour for the kids and a presentation from Dr. Angela Cade for the adults, okay? So, I mean, if you think about this, we're getting real technical here, but transgender terrorists have killed far more people than anybody at January 6th. It's not even close, okay? Not even close. And then when you think about the organizers of these events, okay, I want you to think about that real quick. The organizers of these events, the Trans Day of Vengeance, Trans Week of Visibility, all that, they put out a statement today. And I'm gonna pull that up on screen for y'all, okay? The Trans Resistance Network has notified, has been notified the shooter involved in today's church shooting uh, slash school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, was a person identifying as transgender known from online profiles as Aiden or Audrey Hale. While it's not our policy to engage with media, blah, 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 we point out that today's incident in Nashville is not one tragedy, but two. So they're saying that they're victimizing the killer. Just to make that very clear, that's where we're going with this, is they are victimizing the killer, and that's the narrative they're running with. They say that the first tragedy today is the loss of life of three kids and adults. They extend their condolences, so they, they do one thing right, okay? And then the second more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Aubrey Hale, who felt they had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the lives of others and by consequence themselves. 
We do not claim to know the individual or have access to their inner thoughts and feelings. We do know that life for transgender people is very difficult and more difficult in the preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation, public call outs by right-wing personalities and political figures for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from society. We'll take a little pause there for a second, okay? So they're starting with victimizing the actual killer, just disgusting. I mean, I don't know what planet these people are on, but absolutely disgusting, never acceptable. Number two, they're going on to blame, again, Republicans and people like myself who helped make these laws happen, okay? That's who they think is responsible for this, not the crazed, mentally ill killer who went into a school and chose to kill six people, but everybody else who doesn't agree with their ideology. Think about how dangerous this can get, okay? This line of thinking does not end here. It doesn't end with just one person, okay? This is going to go much further. So I want you guys to, to see where we go with this. Second part of the statement here, they go on to continue. And I'm just putting this up so you can screenshot if you want to see the whole thing. They talk about the bigotry and everything else. I mean, you can see it's, it's just total victimization. And then, you know, to further this point, this is going on everywhere. I mean, you know it from your workplaces and the diversity trainings, everything else. But even a Pokemon trading card tournament had a player disqualified from their tournament this weekend for not declaring his preferred pronouns in a serious enough manner. I'm not joking. So apparently they're going to the same. I don't know much about Pokemon. I'm going to be honest, but I read the story and the guy wrote this long statement. Um, he's actually on their side politically, which is what makes it even more bizarre. A judge walks him and this other player to the table. Okay. Where they're streaming this Pokemon match, which I'm not even sure how you play Pokemon, but aside from that point, they do this. The judge on the way asks, what are your pronouns? And he said he was nervous, didn't quite know how to answer the question um, because he had been misgendered at another tournament where they called him they, them. So he said he, uh, him, and then started laughing because they couldn't remember the third part. Um, and so that laugh was taken as that person hating pronoun people. And they had them removed from the tournament despite spending thousands of dollars to be there and be a part of this because that one judge felt that they were undermined in some way or they were uh, threatened by them not stating their pronouns clearly and respectfully enough. This lunacy is going on everywhere, okay? And it's not going away unless people who are part of the silent majority speak up. And that's part of what I wanna to talk to you all about today. Please share this with your friends, okay? This part, if nothing else, okay? So you can screen record this, whatever you wanna do, share this part with your friends. One of the most dangerous things in America right now is the silent majority. Everything crazy you see going on in the news every day, if you find yourself shaking your head and going, what the heck is going on in our country? Everything is falling apart. I want you to look in the mirror and ask yourself, have you been vocal about it? Have you had the uncomfortable conversations? Have you been active politically? Or have you been bullied into silence? Have you been made to believe that speaking up is too dangerous. You might lose your job, might lose a friend. Somebody might not like you. Somebody's feelings might get hurt. And well, you wanna be a nice person. You don't wanna be seen as mean. It's time to speak up. One of the most dangerous things in any country is a silent majority. It allows a very loud, dangerous group of radicals to take over and normalize their belief system. That is what we're witnessing in America today. It's why when you poll people and they're able to do it anonymously, you see wide support 
for banning these types of surgeries on kids, see wide support for banning children from drag shows. You see wide support for banning pornography from schools. You see wide support for all the things that we've been fighting for. But then in public, you would think that, you know, if you went by one of these shows that, well, oh, wow, the majority must agree with these people. Or if you went online, you, you might think that. If you're in the wrong corner of the internet, you're gonna think that these people have a majority when they do not, not even close. So it's time to speak up and especially, I'm gonna especially press into the Christians, okay? Myself being Christian, I feel like I have a duty to hold other Christians accountable. Two of the most dangerous things within Christianity right now, within the church and churchgoers, is apathy and silence. Apathy is from the group who say, well, I know everything's wrong. I know all this stuff is bad, but I'm just waiting for Jesus. It's clear Jesus is coming back, so I'm just going to wait, okay? And then the other one that's dangerous is silence. Because apathy and silence are what are allowing this to happen. If we all speak up, we all stand up, we all pray up, they're not going to be able to pretend that there's a majority agreeing with this stuff anymore. It's going to become commonplace that things like this, this crazed ideology, they'll be seen as ridiculous. They'll be the ones who won't voice this anymore in any sort of polite society. They won't be able to push this on our kids in school anymore. But it takes strength. It takes adults speaking up and standing up. And if we're too weak to do that, you know, where are we? We're in a place where we've made our founders so ashamed of the country that they built for us. If we can't even speak up against this ideology attacking our kids. Yesterday's attack makes clear that our kids and our faith are under attack. It is our duty to speak up, stand up, pray up. Okay. Protect our community by being vocal. You don't need to be mean. You just need to tell the truth. There's a great quote that I've always loved. It's that the truth is like a lion. You don't need to defend it. You just need to let it loose and it will defend itself. So we're going to go further into this, but I had to tell you all that. Um, there is an increasing threat here that we need to talk about, and that's uh, FBI profiler, their former top profiler, has warned of copycat events that they believe could happen in Nashville after this shooting. They say the next two weeks, and they said in a different interview, two to three weeks could be the time period for potential copycats where the likelihood is much higher. As long as we're talking about the media here, because we've got a media article up, I want to show you what some of our prized media outlets in the United States have decided is the real story right now and the real victim. It's misgendering and using the wrong pronouns. USA Today says officials misidentified the gender of the shooter, chastising them. MSNBC, they also noted the misgendering. New York Times, same thing. These are the institutions we're listening to. So again, to that group in the middle, you know, the people who've been silent, who know this is crazy, but just find it a lot easier not to speak up. Are you trusting these media outlets still? They've been captured. This is a form of institutional capture. They've been captured by radicals who agree with this. There was just a media person yesterday chastising other media members for using the quote, dead name of the killer. We've got to all wake up here. 
We're going to lose our country if we allow this to continue. It's why I wanted to go through this case and go through all these details so that everybody understood what we're looking at. I also want to make a plea to Metro Nashville Police Department. I know a few members in there have watched some of my streams and have reached out to me previously. I just want to plea with you. If you have any pool, get that manifesto released. The people deserve to know, but even more than that, potential victims deserve to know. People who are on that list that may have been targeted, that may still be targeted, they deserve to know that they're at a heightened threat or were at a heightened threat so they can look at their own security and make sure that they're secure enough. And that's coming from somebody who may very well be on the list. So I would make that plea to police that they do release that because the public deserves to know everything about how radical this ideology is and how it has gone to, to really inspire this type of behavior. And that this is not the end. This is the beginning. This is toward the beginning of a re really, really sad story, in my opinion. It's going to be only more dangerous as time goes on. Now I want to get into some of the video of what happened yesterday. So after this shooting, you know what we're going to start with, actually? We're going to start with um, the shooter entering. So this is how the shooter entered the building. There was a lot of uh, confusion about this yesterday because some people seem to think, uh, because of media reports, that they walked through an open ajar side door. Those media reports were faulty. They, in fact, entered through the front where they shot through the doors, which you could kind of refer to as windows or doors. Um, you know, I mean, they're big glass panels, they're doors, um, but they got some of the window as well. They shot through it. They entered that way. OK, uh, what, what's going to go on from here on out? There will be some disturbing parts. So if you don't want to see the disturbing parts, I'd cut out now. But they enter in here um, and you'll see this goes a little slow here. But you can sort of see you get a better look at them here where you can see the presentation where they're clearly if you were just somebody seeing this person walk by, you would think that's a man because the way they're carrying themselves, they're wearing the camo male pants. They've got a male oversized white T-shirt and they're wearing backwards hat. I'm assuming to, to mask the hair that is still slightly more feminine. And I'm going to cut us out there. We're going to go into the body cam here. So. Um, it's upstairs. It sounds like it's upstairs. So here's the thing, you could not have handled this shooting better than they did once they got there, okay, period. They did everything textbook and it still took 15 minutes. These guys never slowed down. They had to go through and contend with locked doors, unfamiliarity with the actual layout of the building and trying to figure out a way to get up to the second floor to, to get to the shooter. It still took 15 minutes from the first phone call of somebody inside 
to the shooter being extinguished. And people need to understand this as we talk about what needs to happen from here, okay? Because if you want these sorts of things to end, you need to look at the facts of this case. First fact, the shooter was afraid to carry out an attack on the first place they wanted to carry it out on. Why? Because they had increased security, okay? And again, why were they able to kill six people in this building? There was no armed officer. There was no armed security at this school. That's why they chose it. On top of the personal side of this, because there is personal animus that was there, and I believe we'll see as part of the manifesto, but that's not the whole story. You know, there's, there's the trans ideology and everything else. When you look at this, it's very clear what we need in our schools is mandated security at every school. Security, whether it be in the form of I think we need to have armed security guards, armed teachers who want to be armed, not all teachers, but the teachers who want to be armed, go through training, have them armed, have security armed, SROs at public schools, have fortified doors that you can't shoot through like this person did, okay? And then have windows who are also able to withstand this type of thing on lower entry level windows, okay? So you've got to have bulletproof glass on those, on the lower level entries. And I think that that's common sense stuff. Aside from that, you have to look at the mental health issues here. Reports say that she had severe mental health issues. Her family knew it. And they had thought that she had gotten rid of her guns, but she did not. And so, again, on the mental health side, what funding can we bring in that actually provides intervention, real intervention, real tools? These are things that we should be able to agree, to agree on in America. But the problem is one side seems more infatuated with continuing a, a never-ending fight over gun control. And as long as we're having this never-ending fight over gun control, we're not going to make anything better. That's the truth. And why we can't be adults, go to the table and say, listen, we're never going to agree on the gun stuff. Let's start with these things that are very common sense that will make everybody feel better and will save some lives. I'm not pretending it's going to fix everything. It won't. Because when crazed people want to kill people, there's very little you can do to stop them. But it will stop some. It will prevent some loss of life. It's worth it. It's valuable. If we can spend over $100 billion in Ukraine, we can spend a couple billion protecting the kids in our country. And I think that that's not too much to ask for from our Democratic counterparts. So I would encourage people, write to your Dem Democrat legislators, write to your Republican legislators, tell them that you're demanding funding for security at all schools, funding for fortified doors and windows at all schools, funding for mental health resources and intervention. These are the things we should be able to agree on. And do this on a state level as well. Message your legislators on the state level. Encourage them to work on these things. Tragedies can be preventable. We just have to want to do the work to stop them and be willing to do it and not be concerned with what political cost there is when it comes to elections. Because for some Democrats, I'm just going to say it, school shootings they use as a fundraising opportunity. They fundraise off of, we need to get elected so we can ban guns, certain guns that you don't like. And that's just disgusting to me.
We've had the conversation till we're blue in the face. At what point are we just going to say, let's get the stuff done that will save lives? I think that's the most common sense thing we can do, especially in the face of this, this ever radicalizing group of people becoming more of a threat as well. And I want to show you what our president did yesterday. The president of the United States was scheduled to go out and speak to this small business group. His admin was aware news was going to be taking him live to speak about the Nashville shooting. It is infuriating, by the way. So if you have like blood pressure problem, anything, do not watch what I'm about to play. Okay. I wouldn't watch it. My blood pressure went through the roof. Okay. This is how he responded yesterday. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. Folks, uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? They're your kids, all four of them? Well, stand up, guys. John, we'll jump back in here. Um... I wish I could say this was a bad comedy, but it's not. This is reality in America right now. And the silent majority... The people who are afraid to speak up, got, it's time to look in the mirror. Really. We're stuck with this guy right now. He eventually ended up addressing the shooting, but every news network pulled out because of the bizarre opening, talking about ice cream with laughing audience and kids that he thought were really good looking. I, I don't even know, I don't have words to describe how insane that sounds. I want you to imagine that President Trump had done that same thing after a school shooting in California. In fact, I want you to pretend that a crazed white supremacist in a MAGA hat waving a Trump flag had gone into a gender dysphoria center and done this same thing. And Trump went out on a press conference and started joking about ice cream and good looking kids and complimenting people in the crowd and having a good laugh with everybody. They would literally file impeachment papers, like within minutes. This guy does his stuff on a regular basis, every single day. It's just the lunacy is not stopping unless we speak up. And that's why I, I, I'm gonna be, you know, right now, I've, I very likely could be getting banned from YouTube. I might be banned right now. I don't see any, I might be. They might've shut this down midstream. I don't know. We'll find out after the show's over. I'm, I'm not pretending to go along with these delusions anymore. I will not be using people's pronouns. I will not be using people's delusional idea of what sex they are. I'm not doing it. I'm telling the truth. If that gets you banned off of certain places, I can live with that. I can't live with myself lying to people. I can't live with myself being silent for fear of not being able to monetize a channel or do this or that. I care about telling the truth. And I hope more people start to care about telling the truth. Because this, 
This radicalized group is what we're about. So it's a trans youth, and now I'm a happy 22-year-old trans adult student at New College of Florida. This is my health care. Ma'am? Okay. Don't tread on it. Senator Yarbrough has militarized the Florida GOP into the genital Gestapo. Ron DeSantis wants trans people dead. You are committing genocide. I grew up in Germany in the aftermath of Nazis, and what you people are doing is no different. This is transphobic, it is cruel, and you really should be ashamed. What you are doing by signing this bill is an act of war. The way it is as it is now, my people will die. And that blood, if you support this bill, will be on your hands. I'm 12 years old, I'm not buying it. If you pass this bill, many of us will die. I deserve to live as long as all of you. We are humans too. When I was two, I wanted to kill myself. By the time I was 15, I attempted to slice my own breasts off. I went to the ER. Do you understand how dangerous this is yet? This is the mainstream ideology among the trans movement. We're Nazis. Blood is on our hands. We're literally killing people by not letting 14-year-olds cut their breasts off and letting 13-year-olds castrate themselves. That makes us monsters who are literally killing people by the act of saying, wait till you're an adult to make these decisions because you just might not want to do it by the time you're an adult. Proven by the fact that we literally brought detransitioners to the hearings for these bills. We had similar people here in Tennessee for those bills. That was a Florida list from the, the most recent legislation to ban the same thing. We had tons of these people at the Tennessee hearings. I could pull those up too if you want, but I don't think I need to. I think you understand this is an ever-increasing radicalization process. Look back at historical precedent. When groups start to use the language that is being used by these people and the victimized language that they are attaching to themselves, bad things happen. And now they have really the most heinous mass shooter that they've had. You've got the FBI's top former profiler warning about copycats now. Be vigilant, okay? If you see signs of radicalization, you see somebody scoping a school out or a mall out or a grocery store out, just make a call. It's better to call, have the police investigate it, and have it be nothing than it is to not call, find out when you see the news later, and regret it for the rest of your life. This is a serious, serious, serious issue why I'm talking about it, why I'm risking my YouTube account getting banned. We've got to stop the insanity. It's time to speak up, time to tell the truth. I know I'm not as poised and put together in everything as my normal shows are. I'm just kind of speaking from the heart. I have no prepared notes, nothing. I just had all these images, videos, and the consistent reminder that has been on my mind of this photo. That's what I keep going back to. Look at all the other stuff. Look at the radicalization. You look at all the details, the manifesto, everything else. I still keep going back to this photo. That little girl, Hallie, she's, she's every dad who has a little girl, they know what I'm talking about. That's the face of our little girls. And some crazed radical has been convinced that having faith, 
having Christian faith, being conservative is worthy of death. I'll never forget this shooting. I'll never forget that little girl's face. And I think that, you know, I can't keep looking at it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a tough time keeping together with this one. I think to be perfectly honest with you, we are headed toward a very dangerous place. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. I really, really, really hope I'm wrong. But things are not getting better. Not right now. People need to speak up, have those conversations, get a little uncomfortable, do it for these kids. Stop hiding from the truth. Stop being silent to save a job or avoid being canceled. Who cares about being canceled? I don't. Cancel me all day long. I'm going to tell the truth. This ideology is insane. It is dangerous. It is a threat to our children. It's a threat to our faith. It's a threat to our country. It's a threat to everything I love. I don't want these people to hurt. I don't. I don't. Never have. I want them to grow old. I want them to get healthy. I want them to have great lives, achieve amazing things. But if this escalates and, and they head down the same path of this shooter yesterday, things are going to turn really ugly. And it's why the truth is our greatest weapon right now to prevent that. Change the conversation. Make it unacceptable to push this ideology on our children. You can do what you want with you're an adult. Nobody's trying to stop you. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. I don't police your bedroom. I don't police if you go to a drag show. Our job is to protect kids, period. That's all we care about. Leave the kids alone. Anybody within this ideology, you do you as an adult, but leave these kids alone. Okay? I, th I think that's, that's all I have to say. I'm just, like I said, not as prepared as I normally am. But this whole thing is just, it's so sad. I just keep going back to this kid. I hope you all share some of this with your friends and try to encourage them to speak up. See you guys soon.